Welcome to the Show Up Podcast with me, your host, Natalie Norton. This podcast is all about having the courage to be a really good human and living the kind of life that genuinely fires you up every single day. Are you ready to become your best self and truly show up for your life, come what may? Me too. Let's do this thing. You understand me, babe. Girl, you're my best friend. Welcome back to Show Up with Natalie Norton. And for those of you who are new here, I am so happy to have you here. Welcome, welcome. I hope each and every one of you out there is having a wonderful day. And if not, if you're in not the best spot, I hope that by the end of this episode, you're going to feel a little bit better about life, a little more capable, a little lighter, a little bit more important and needed as it relates to the overall wellness of all the people in your life, because you matter. We all need you so very much. You guys, before we jump into the content I have prepared for you today on episode seven, I have to say... A little spoiler here. Make sure that you stick around to the end of this episode because at the end of this episode, you are going to learn how you could potentially win a one-hour, one-on-one life coaching or business development coaching session with me. And not only that, but potentially you could win an entire month's worth of life coaching or business development coaching with me. You guys, the starting price for those services is $2,500. So please stick around because you are going to make sure that you know what you need to do in order to be entered to win one of those awesome prizes. And without further ado, let's move into episode number seven. I genuinely believe that this episode has the potential to be the most impactful episode of any of the other episodes that I have shared thus far on the Show Up podcast. Um, I really believe everything that I'm about to share with you here today. I believe it so deeply. I believe that it has the potential to revolutionize lives. I believe that it has the potential to revolutionize families, businesses, communities. And I believe that if you will show up here during our time together with an open heart and an open mind and a willingness to expand and to grow, this episode really does have the potential to change your life. Cross my heart. Hope to die. Stick a needle in my eye. I actually never do that because, oh my gosh, who even made that phrase up? It's absurd. Let me ask you this, my friends. Have you ever wondered if you have anything to offer? Have you ever felt small? Have you ever felt as though you didn't have anything worthwhile to contribute? Have you ever felt directionless or unworthy? Have you ever felt guilty? for having big dreams or big ambitions or big desires stirring within you? Have you ever thought to yourself, who am I to 
or it's not my place to, or I'm too old to. I was speaking at an event once somewhere um, on the East Coast. I want to say Atlanta, but I, I can't remember. It's been quite a few years. But we were in a circle, and we were sharing journal exercises with each other. And um, actually, for those of you who connected with me originally as part of the Making Things Happen tour with Lara Casey, um, that it was that. It was Making Things Happen, and I want to say that it was in Atlanta, maybe five years ago, something like that. Um, and we're going around doing our journal sharing from a writing exercise that we had just done. And I don't remember the full premise. I don't remember exactly what was going on, but I remember that we started talking about our inherent worth. Um, and I remember just feeling so drawn to this one side of the room, to this one individual who just radiated a feeling of unworthiness, I guess, would be would be the best way to describe it. She just looked like she was trying to take up as little space in the room as she possibly could. Her head was down. Her shoulders were slouched. She wasn't talking much. And it was my turn to present at, at this point. And um, I just remember looking at her and having this wave of inspiration. I didn't know her name. I didn't know anything about her. But for some reason, this inspiration just struck me in my core. And I'd never done this exercise before, um, what, I'm about to, what I'm about to explain. And I'd never thought of it before. I'd never planned it out before. I, it just came to me. And when something like that happens, I, I hesitate, especially when I am in a leadership role, right? Because um, you feel a real level of responsibility, as you should. Um, but I've also learned that I have to trust those stirrings and I have to trust that inspiration. I have to trust those inclinations because they come from somewhere deeper than just my thinking mind, right? They come from that divine space where inspiration lives. And so thankfully I followed through, um, and I just stood up and I said, does anybody in here have like a $20 bill or a $100 bill or whatever? I don't remember the, the specific denomination. But um, somebody did and they handed it to me. And I walked up to the girl and I just held it in front of her. And I said, how much is this worth? Let's say, let's say for the sake of, of this discussion that it was a $20 bill, okay? So I said, how much is this $20 bill worth? And she looked at me and kind of, you know, laughed and um, $20, she said. And I said, okay, so you're telling me that this bill right here is worth $20. Well, yes, <laughs> it's worth $20. And even, even as we're just being lighthearted and discussing, she couldn't really maintain eye contact very well. Um, but I stuck with her. <laughs> Probably put her in like a really uncomfortable situation. But um, I just felt such a draw to meet her where she was. And so I stuck with it and I took the $20 bill. I'm still standing right by her and everybody's watching. Everybody's paying attention. And I crumpled the $20 bill up in a ball. And I said, how much is this, this bill worth? What is this worth? And she said, $20. And I threw it on the ground and I stepped on it and I, I you know, moved my foot from side to side, really pressing it into the carpet in that hotel ballroom, right? And then I said to her, how much is this worth? And she said, $20. And now she's making eye contact. And her eyes are filling with tears. And I took the bill and I like 
I don't remember. I, I feel like I like bit it or like licked it or something, <laughs> which is really disgusting. But I, I don't even know. But I did something else. And I said, how much is this worth? And at this point, she's crying and said, $20. And then, of course, we unloaded the lesson there, which I'd like to unload for each and every one of you here right now. Your worth is inherent. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what's happened to you, what's been done to you. It doesn't matter the circumstances of of your life on any level, for good or for bad. Your worth is intrinsic and unchanging. Let that sink in for a second. And I know that I've, I've alluded to this here before. I know that I've talked about this here before, but we're going to go a little bit deeper today. We're going to talk about showing up, really showing up, not just as it relates to being an awesome person or being the best version, quote unquote, of ourselves that we can possibly be. We're going to talk about it as it relates to your specific purpose, your specific calling, your specific space in relation to all of these humans around you on both a small and a large scale. And for those of you out there who heard that story about, about that girl and the $20 bill, let me tell you something about that story. And when I say those who heard it, I mean those who heard it in the deepest part of their heart, let me be clear. Those who heard it and felt it because they understand what it feels like to feel unworthy or to feel small or to feel as though they don't belong or they don't have a space or to feel as though they're too much or too little or any, any of those things. For those of you who heard that story and it sunk into your heart, I'm speaking to you because I want you to know that that story doesn't come from me. What you're feeling doesn't come from me. That, yeah, I'm a big part of the story in relation to the way that it played out in the physical world, but that didn't come from me. I had nothing to do with it. I was a messenger for something much, much bigger. And it is definitely weird and uncomfortable for me to talk about things like that here because I feel so compelled to give a thousand disclaimers. And I'll say again what I've said on previous episodes. I don't care what you believe. I don't care what you don't believe. But I do care that we recognize that there is light. There is a source energy that gives us life, that makes us feel alive, that gives gives us inspiration and that helps us connect with each other on real deep and lasting levels. So whatever it is that you call that, that is where that story came from. That is where that message that you're feeling touch your heart. That is where it comes from. It's not coming from Natalie. It's coming from God. If that's the word that you choose to use, that's the word that I choose to use. And you feel that sink into the deepest part of you. And I want you to know that that message is for you as much as it was for her. 
So as most of you out there know, I started out my career actually as a wedding and portrait photographer and then kind of transitioned into doing more and more speaking um, on the topics of specifically building a photography studio or building a small business. And then little by little, that morphed into a lot of other things. Um, The reason that it morphed, there were two reasons, really. Number one was I started to recognize as I spoke to these audiences or as I worked one-on-one with these clients, that at the heart of everything I was teaching people was the need to focus on the core self, was the need for personal development. And I remember standing up in front of um, lots of groups of people over many years and saying things like, you really want to be a better photographer? I'm going to tell you the key. This is the secret. This is the magic bullet You want to be a better photographer, be a better human. You want to be a better husband or wife, be a better human. You want to be a better influencer on Instagram, be a better human. Instagram didn't exist back then, but you get the idea. You want to sell more on your Etsy shop? You want to be able to figure out that marketing strategy? I promise you, if you work on the core of you, and then of course, yes, work through some very specific business strategies and implement very specific practices, of course, you cannot neglect those those principles that lead to development of the highest internal self. Those things are intrinsic. They are inseparable from any success that you wish to achieve in the physical world. And so here I am doing these speaking engagements and suddenly, you know, the content is sort of shifting more and more and I'm realizing that my passion that yeah, I'm, I'm a good photographer. I'm good. You know, I, I have a lot of clients. I'm shooting all over, all over the world, really. Um, a lot of really high profile clients. I'm, I'm getting paid a good amount of money, which was a real blessing because after the recession, a lot of photography studios really, really struggled. A lot of my, a lot of my colleagues and friends and clients had to cut prices um, for a period. And I was very, very fortunate in that I continued to achieve um, real success. And the reason that that's relevant is not because I want to toot my own horn and be like, oh my gosh, I'm amazing. But it's because to me, it is the proof in the pudding. (laughs) I focused on those central things. And not to say, okay, okay, let's, oh, wait a minute. I, I get the way that this sounds as like I'm putting my foot further and further down my throat. Not to say that those studios that struggled or those businesses that struggled were not prioritizing their principles and their values. Clearly, that is not what I mean. But I felt as though there was this divinity within me that was saying, hey, you, it's time to start looking at things differently. It's time to make a real sacrifice here. And it was a really hard sacrifice to make because I was at the top of my game. But like I said earlier, I was recognizing that there was a real shift, that I'd had an internal shift, that there was, there was, a, there was something knocking on my heart saying, hey, You're meant to be doing something different here. And I don't want to say something more, but definitely something different, that my calling was different than what I was living. And what I was living had been an important and integral part of leading me to where I needed to be, but it wasn't the end destination. And so I have this awesome career, and I'm speaking all over the place, but I'm shifting gears, and I can only hold on for so long. And so I'm in the middle of all these thoughts and all of this, um, these stirrings within me, but I'm scared out of my mind. I had a husband who was in his master's program at the time. Um, I, was, I was helping support our family. We were writing a book together. 
um, I didn't have the luxury of being able to just decide to do something totally different with my life. And, and let's go back even further than that. I hadn't ever even wanted to go into business of any kind in the first place. I got into photography after my brother died um, because I really, um, I needed an outlet and a, and a release and an escape, definitely. But also because I suddenly had this connection and this desire to help people preserve memories because I understood just how valuable they were. And that passion grew and that passion grew and that passion grew and it led me to a wonderful, wonderful place. But, but I'd always thought I would quote unquote just be a wife and a mom. And I'm not, let's let's be really clear about one thing here. I'm not sitting here saying to all of you, you have to go out and get a job. That's not the purpose here. I'm using these stories to illustrate very specific points. And it's your job to see the ways that they apply specifically to you, right? And of course, I mean, that's probably fairly obvious. But I also want to be really sensitive because a core belief of mine is that there is no right and there is no wrong. There's only right and wrong for you. And yeah, murdering is wrong. Don't go murder anybody. That's like a universal wrong, but you guys get what I'm saying, right? Your story is going to look how your story is going to look. And the more you turn inward, the more clarity you're going to have about where your story leads. So here I am, having just fallen into this photography thing. And I remember very specifically getting on my knees and being like, God, like, I will not do this. Like, if you put the brakes on, I will stop. Because I really had it in my head that that anything outside of being a, an amazing mother and an amazing wife to my children was somehow unworthy or was somehow wrong or somehow inappropriate, if I'm being really, really frank. And I just kept on feeling this stirring over and over again. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. You're on the right path. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. And I kept following that. And I've come to look at those things very differently. I now believe with all of my heart that one of the most powerful ways that we can show up for our children and really, really show them and prepare them for life outside of our home is by allowing them to see us get fired up about something, to have the courage to grow and to pursue and to fail and to try again. I really believe that what I didn't understand at the time was that that this inspiration that I felt to keep going, yeah, it, there were lots of really practical reasons that it mattered, but it also mattered because I got to show my kids that I was as human as them, and I got to show them that they could dream and that they could achieve, and I got to show them that I was willing to make very real sacrifices to prioritize them and to prioritize building what I felt very compelled and inspired to build. Now, nearly a decade later, I'm feeling all these stirrings about it's time to, to take a hard right here and get out of this photography world and do something different. And it just so happened that at that very time, I was speaking at another event in Phoenix, Arizona, and one of the other presenters came up to me after the event, and he said, you know, Natalie... I believe that there is a difference between our gifts and our talents. And you are a very talented photographer, but your gift. And then he went and he just laid out all of these things that 
I had started to feel compelled towards, that I had started to feel drawn to. He didn't know me, but he saw in me what I had been, had been feeling stirring within me. And that external confirmation of something that I knew internally was the thing. It was the tipping point. It was a real tipping point for me. And it was so scary because, like I said, the timing was far less than ideal. But in that deepest part of my divinity, in that, in that center of my soul, I knew. I knew what I needed to do. And I knew that the only way for me to feel fully fulfilled, for me to feel fully awake and alive in my own life, was for me to start to, to follow what I was feeling inside. And for you, it could look different. It may not be a career. It may be a hobby. It may be working harder to, to reach out within your community. It may be something as it relates to volunteering in an old folks home. There was this, there's this girl. I, I want to find her Instagram name because you guys should all be following um, this project. Okay, here it is. It's called The Listening Ear Project, at The Listening Ear Project on Instagram. And this young mom shares the wisdom of the elderly. She goes and she interviews the elderly, which is such an often neglected um, population within our communities, right? And she interviews them and she creates documentaries of their wisdom and of their lives. And that is what, in the deepest part of her heart, she feels compelled to do. Think about the gift that she is giving by showing up for that light. Think about the lives that she is changing. It could be something very different even than that. I have another friend who recently shared with me that she has felt inspired to start playing the cello. She's never played the cello before, but she feels, yes, hi, Tawny, I'm talking about you. She feels compelled and inclined to start to learn how to play the cello. And she doesn't know if it's ever going to reach out and bless somebody else in the world, but she's curious and she's following what she feels and reading here from her Instagram, I'm going to, to give you a direct quote. Here's what she says. My primary goal the last year and continually going forward is to increase my spirituality by acting on nudges quickly. It was amazing how much joy making sound out of this instrument brought me. I don't know the reasons why I felt the need to learn to play the cello, and I don't get hung up on it. I trust the one step in front of me. And as the rest are laid out, I will continue to follow. Playing the cello could simply be something my soul needed for creativity and expression, for joy. She has, she has no reason to know, but she's, she's willing to keep taking one step and then the other because she's willing to show up for her light. Now, again, millions of different ways that this could show up in your life, millions of different ways that this kind of, this, this kind of um, finding of one's purpose, for lack of a better phrase, could unfold. But I am here to promise you that whether big or small, your life will not be complete. It will not be as happy. You will not feel as much a sense of your purpose or your worth until you begin to follow and to find and to seek out if you don't know yet what your fire and passion even is. But I promise you that if you do the work to figure it out, and if you already know, if you do the work to follow your life is going to be better than you can even imagine it could be. And everything's going to be okay. All the little things you're worried about 
are going to seem very inconsequential once you start putting one foot in front of the other. And don't worry. In a minute here, we're going to talk about how. But first, I want to read to you something um, that I that I shared on Instagram. And this is actually um, what inspired this, this specific podcast episode. Um, I posted this on February the 5th. So if any of you guys want to go back and find it, we can also link to it in the show notes for this episode. But here is that post. What's your calling? Each of us has a fire within, something that lights us up and makes us feel more ourselves than anything else on earth. I found my something, quote unquote, through my work for over 10 years as a photographer and small business consultant. When I looked at the ways I spent my days and I focused in on number one, which tasks really made me come alive, and number two, where I made the most meaningful impact in other people's businesses and lives, what emerged was immediately identifiable and crystal clear. Without a doubt, my life's purpose was and is to, number one, help others see and feel their inherent capacity and inherent worth and to take ownership of that sacred responsibility that comes as a result. And number two, to help empower those same individuals or small businesses to see, to believe in, and to work towards in specific and measured and masterful ways the highest purpose and potential of their own businesses and lives. And here I am, by the grace of God, finally fully engaged in my life's greatest work, in conjunction, of course, with being a wife to Richie and mother to my four beautiful boys. But real talk, sometimes I still find myself feeling exhausted by the work and the weight of it all. But then I try to remember that I get to spend my days helping others show up for and walk boldly through their own passionate, purpose-driven lives. And it's that work right there that helps me fulfill my own. And you're right. These aren't the kinds of things that people usually say out loud. But I'm done being quiet about my God-given purpose and gifts. And I'm certainly finished apologizing. My commitment to helping others truly and unapologetically show up in and for their lives, well, it can't be merely anecdotal conviction I've got to embody my own message as completely as I can because it's not boastful, nor is it crass. Because when I celebrate myself, I celebrate the divine. And what could possibly be more worthy of open celebration than that? So you out there, what's the unapologetic purpose of your life? I want to celebrate with you. If you aren't sure, tell me, I don't know yet, but I'm committed to finding out because you deserve the joy of living on purpose and we deserve your light. And that's where it all began. And then comment after comment after comment of people talking about their own passion and their own fire and people worried because they felt like they couldn't find it and people who didn't have the courage to follow. And there are all kinds of examples there. It all looks a million different ways, but what I realized, what I wasn't expecting when I wrote those words was how many people didn't know how to figure it out or how many people didn't know where to start once they had figured it out. And the last thing that I ever want to do 
is to leave everybody out there hanging, flopping in the wind, right? Giving you lots of inspiration, but no practical tips and tools and no way to figure out the how of it, right? So for this next part of this episode, we are going to talk about how to find your calling, your passion, your purpose. And we are going to talk about what to do once you've found it. The first question that you have to ask yourselves if you're in the process of trying to figure out your life's calling is what makes you come alive. When do you feel the most unencumbered? When do you feel the most like you? For me, it was when I was speaking in front of audiences or when I was doing consulting work one-on-one. When I was breathing life into people and helping them feel encouraged and inspired and helping them have the tools that they needed to live a better life. And I knew it because I, there, was, there was no task in my business or in my life that made me feel more like myself. And it may not be as easily identifiable as you, but I promise you it's there. And don't get discouraged if you don't find it immediately, if you can't immediately say, here's the thing. Maybe a good way to approach it, and by maybe I mean totally a good way to approach it, would be to just be open, have curiosity. Hmm. What an exciting thing that I'm looking for and how fun this process is going to be rather than getting discouraged if it doesn't immediately come to your mind. And also remember that we are ever evolving, that what you feel compelled and inspired to do in this moment may be different one or two or three months or years from now, just like me with photography and making a really big pivot in my business to now be doing only Motivational speaking, life coaching, business coaching. I really don't do any photography anymore, which is a really big transition. Really big transition. But I'm happier, maybe, than I've ever been. But that's not to say that photography was wrong. It's just to say that something else is right now. That photography was a stepping stone to get me somewhere else. So as you walk through, have curiosity and don't hold on to anything too tightly. An open heart and a curious mind. That's what we're looking for. Next, you're going to ask yourself where you make the most impact. And don't play small here. Really, you are impactful. Your life matters. The things that you say and that you do make a difference in other people's lives. Where do you see your greatest impact, your most meaningful impact in the world, in the lives of others, in your family, in your own life? And either one of those questions will get you on the right track and both of them together might work really well for you or maybe something different altogether. But once you have an idea, and even if you still don't, let me give you some tools. And in order to make this a little bit more memorable, I've made an acronym for you. The word is DIVINE. And the letter D stands for doer. Divine light favors, shows up for a life in motion. I've said it before. I will say it again. You want the assistance of that life force of God, of divinity. Get moving. Do. Whatever it is that you're avoiding, whatever it is that seems too hard or too big or too scary, I promise you that right behind that obstacle is magic. And I want you also to remember that the, the doubts 
and the fears and the sense of unworthiness that you may feel. All of those feelings and all of those thoughts exist in your head, in your mind. And the moment that you do something in the physical world, they lose their power. So if you're struggling with feelings and thoughts that really, really hold you down and keep you back and make you small, doing, doing, doing. There is power in doing because it takes you out of your thinking mind and into the physical world. And immediately, when you begin the process of doing, those thoughts and those feelings lose their power over you. Next, I, intuition or inspiration. I've talked a lot about light. I've talked a lot about God. I've talked a lot about divinity. In in previous episodes, I, I, I talked about our frequency and expanding and contracting. For some of you, that is immediately understandable. And for some of you, it is brand new. And I'm asking you just to trust me. But what matters here as it relates to intuition and inspiration is that you work to develop trust between yourself and that light within you, that you work to develop a relationship of trust. Well, how is that done? It's done through mindfulness, which is something that we will definitely have an episode on in the nearish future. Mindfulness connects us to that inner voice. It helps us develop that relationship of trust. It helps us to quiet the thinking mind. It helps us to quiet the external world. And when we develop that practice and make it a consistent part of our lives, everyone always talks about, well, I don't know how, I'm not very good at it. Good at it? What are you talking about? People want to be quote unquote good at meditation. Let me tell you loud and clear, that is not the point. You want to be good at consistency, but there's not a way to be good at meditation. It's going to change every single day. It's going to be different every single time that you work on practicing mindfulness and meditation. It will It will shift. And one day will be completely different than the next. And that doesn't mean you're suddenly bad at it. And one day when you have a really great meditation day and you feel so centered and so connected to God and to divinity and to that light within you, you may want to celebrate and be like, oh my gosh, I'm getting so good at this. And then the next day, I can promise you, you're going to be like making a Costco list in your head and you're going to be thinking about the past, planning for the future. It's going to be like the worst meditation and mindfulness day ever. Because that's not the point. The point is putting in the time. Just like any relationship. Any relationship of trust is built through consistent effort. And through prioritizing that relationship on a consistent basis. And there's no difference between you and that, and that light within you. And that divine, that divine relationship between you and God. It requires consistent connection and consistent practice, prayer, whatever that looks like for you. For me, it's kneeling. For me, it's bowing my head. For me, it is supplicating a higher power, but it's not always like that. I want to be really transparent here. I have screamed at God, and guess what? God can take it. I have been in the darkest of pits, and from that space, I have yelled and screamed, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? And God can take it. There was a period of my life when I legitimately couldn't pray. It was after the death of, um, of my son. And I just had the hardest time. Anytime I would close my eyes, it, I was just 
flooded with like PTSD type symptoms or I would just get so distracted that I, I could not follow a train of thought. And so what I started doing was writing down my prayers. And I would just I would just write and write and write and all of a sudden I would connect and all of a sudden I would just sob and I would feel because there was something about the doing simultaneous to the thinking that really brought um, my emotions up and out in a really beautiful and healthy way. So for a period of time, all of my prayers were written. I've been through periods, and in fact, this is sort of where I'm at now, where there's just kind of a constant prayer in my heart, where I feel this constant relationship and this constant give and take between me and that higher power, between me and the creator of that light within me, between me and my soul, between me and the divine that lives within me. And so there's just kind of a constant give and take, and there's a constant recentering and touching base with and connecting to. And again, I'm going to be really honest, you guys, these things are hard for me to talk about because I really never want to offend anybody. And I want to make sure that everybody feels as though wherever they are is okay. But I also really value speaking my truth. And I really value being honest about the, the practices and the beliefs and the things that I do in my life that have made such an impact and such a difference. And a huge part of that has been developing a real relationship with the divine. And remember, the more that you practice these things like prayer and mindfulness or whatever way you want to, to deepen that relationship between you and, that, and that, that divinity within you, that's great. But whatever you do, make sure that it is consistent and that it is specific because we want these things to become habitual, right? If our goal is to really tap into our potential, to really follow that inspiration, to really live out our purpose— we need to make sure that we have a constant line of communication between us and the source of that purpose, the source of that knowing. And we want that connection to become a habitual part of our lives. And the only way to do that is through consistency. So again, intuition, inspiration, I. V, victory. I want you to remember the source. You're not being boastful by saying, hey, this is what I was called to do. You're not being um, obnoxious or um, presumptuous by standing up and saying, you know what? This is what I feel very called to do in my life. I feel as though this is my meaning. This is my higher purpose. I'm going to pursue these things. I'm not going to feel silly about it. Because the victory isn't yours. It belongs to the divine. Another thing we're going to have an episode on in the very near future is overcoming ego. Because one of the reasons we get so stuck in so many different areas of our lives, particularly as it relates to following our inspiration and to living out our divine purpose, is because we think it's all about us. Our ego gets in the way. It has nothing to do with you. The victory belongs to God. The victory belongs to the divine light. And who do you think you are? not to make space for that, not to shine that out in the world around you. People are always saying to me, well, who am I to? And they may not say those exact words, but most of the fears and most of the, the challenges that are holding them back, most of what they're, the friction they're running up against could be whittled down to some form of who am I to? 
And I am saying to you right now, imagine me looking you directly in the eyes. Who the hell do you think you are not to? Because this is not about you. These gifts that we've been given, yes, the unintended side effect or perhaps the intended side effect of us following these things and doing them and living out these purposes and callings in our lives is that we do feel really awesome, that we feel a heightened sense of joy and security and a heightened sense of of worth and of ourselves. And I believe that that is because through the doing and the acting out on that inspiration, remember the doing and the inspiration, D-I, we deepen our connection to and our awareness of that light source within us. And so, of course, it feels so good because that is where our worth exists, right? It exists in that divinity. And the more space we give for that light to exist within us by doing and by connecting with the divine and by following our purpose, the bigger and bigger it grows. And, of course, that's going to feel really awesome because we're going to have a deeper sense of our worth naturally. The victory belongs to God. The victory belongs to light. The victory belongs to love. You are the messenger, just the way that I was the messenger for that sweet girl with tears streaming down her cheeks as for perhaps the first time in many, many years, she had a sense of her worth because I had the courage to stand up and speak it to her. And it had nothing to do with me. The victory. The victory matters. And if you keep in mind the fact that the victory matters, it will give you a greater amount of courage to fight your insecurities and to to stand up and speak BS to your doubt and to power through your fear when you remember that the victory is God's. The victory belongs to love. The victory belongs to light. Next, we have I, intelligence. One of my deepest beliefs and one of the, the greatest driving forces and, um, and paradigms in my life is the idea that leaders are learners. Whatever it is that you feel compelled to do, whatever it is that you feel inspired to follow, whatever purpose you feel called to fulfill, Learn, 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 learn. And I promise you that that divine light within you, because you've worked on developing that relationship, will help you know where to look, will help you know what to learn, will help you know what threads to pull. But in the beginning, you may cast a really wide net, and little by little, that may filter down and you may have more clarity. But learn, 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 learn. And I want you to remember that you're learning all the time whether you are intending to or not. You are absorbing what you're exposed to and garbage in, garbage out. I used to teach that when I was working, um, when I was doing portfolio review with photographers. Um, I would help them understand that, look, you guys are all looking at each other's work online all day, every day, and you're being really inspired by each other, which is awesome because you're all really, really great. But what's happening is you're capping yourselves in terms of potential because You're only seeing what you're seeing. And then in addition to that, you're regurgitating each other's work and everything's starting to look the same. We have no variety. We have no inspiration. We have nothing outside the box. 
and it wasn't garbage in, garbage out saying like, oh, all these other photographers are the worst. Like, don't look at their work. It's, it's garbage. It wasn't that at all. It was hopefully helping people feel inspired to look for more. And so I would encourage them to look through to go to go to um to to go to museums and to look at art galleries to study the work of of painters like Monet or Picasso or the work of Michelangelo instead of looking online at at their their quote unquote competitions blogs or Instagram feeds all day what would happen if instead you looked at fashion magazines or you looked at commercial work or you spent time in a completely different realm and looked at architecture. Studying expands our understanding of what's possible. Not only does it help us know what to do, it gives us so many more tools in our arsenal. Learn, 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 learn. Now, I mentioned before that you can listen and know by tuning into that space behind your eyes, that light, that divinity, God, where to study and where to look and what to, what to invest your time in. Another way to look at that or another way to approach that is by asking yourself, does this make me expand? As I'm learning this, do I feel a sense of expansion or is it making me contract? I watch too much TV. I hate saying that out loud, but it is the truth. Um, I never watched TV before. Like Richie and I didn't even own a TV for the first very, very, very many years of our marriage. We had like a computer that we sometimes watched things on, but we just didn't own a television because we both knew, we both knew, and we were right, but we both knew that we would not be able to pull ourselves away. We knew that if we had a television in our home, we would watch it. And we didn't want to watch television. We didn't want to sit around watching television. We wanted to connect and to be in our lives to be in our relationships, to be in the world. And so we didn't want a television. Well, eventually we broke and we got a television. And now guess what we do? We watch the damn thing. And I've gotten a lot better at this, but full transparency, right after we lost our kids, when we had a contested adoption and our adoption failed, I was not ready to process that pain. I was very, very afraid of it. I knew what the crush, I knew what was coming for me. I knew that my soul was about to be obliterated and I was so, so, so scared. And so I only allowed myself to feel in very tiny spurts. And I watched a whole heck of a lot of television during that period of time before we scooped ourselves up and went on a road trip from coast to coast and all the way down to Mexico and all the way up to Canada. And part of the reason that we did that was because we knew that I was not managing my grief in healthy ways. We needed to pull me out of what had become an unhealthy environment for me and to help me reintegrate myself into the world and to start feeling what I felt, free of any kind of distraction. You guys, seriously, it was almost a year by the time all was said and done. I lived out of a van and I slept every now and then in KOA, like the little like cabins they have there. They have, like, um, those plastic covers on all the mattresses, like, so when kids pee, <laughs> they can wipe it up easily. I lived on those dang things for a really long time. And I loaded up my car every single day, and then I unloaded it and set up camp again every single day. And everybody knows that the worst part of camping for a mom is the setup and the takedown, right? And I was doing it every single day. But being in nature, being in uninterrupted 
proximity, close quarters with my family really did save me. It saved me because it pulled me away from that stupid television set. Now, why am I telling you this? Well, let me remind you. We're absorbing everything that's around us at all times. So if you are watching a lot of television, you're being programmed to want things like immediate, immediate gratification, to, um, to be inclined towards distraction or towards disengaging from your life, from the relationships in your life, or from your purpose and calling. Trash in, trash out. So even in terms of what you watch on television, keep that in mind as it relates to your intelligence and your seek your, as it relates to your intelligence and your quest for learning. And finally, N. Oh, not finally. There's two more letters in the word divine, everybody. Relax, relax. I've got this. N, network. Network. You need a network. You need a tribe. One of the reasons that I started this podcast was because I didn't want anybody out there ever to feel alone. I wanted you to know that wherever you are, I'm there with you, that there is somebody out there in the world who cares and who sees you and believes that you matter. And I really hope, and I'm already seeing this happening, and it is blowing my mind. It makes me so happy the way that you all rally around each other. I'm only really observing it right now on Instagram because that's where all the communication is happening, but I hope someday to see it expand into other mediums. But right now I'm seeing you guys help each other out in the comments. I'm seeing you give each other suggestions, um, encourage one another. And my gosh, it just thrills me because none of us should ever feel alone. And I hope and I pray and I'm seeing it happening that this podcast creates a tribe of people who are in it together, who have each other's backs so that nobody ever has to feel alone. Even if it's all just existing in this virtual world in our hearts and in our heads and through these devices that we use, that's still real connection. And I know that there are other forms of connection too. And I'm not going to go into this because we all know I'm prone to tangents. But I don't want to ever discount the power of our capacity to connect in the ways that we do through these amazing platforms that we have. My gosh, it is miraculous. And yes, there is negative. There is negativity that comes from them as well. But don't ever discount the power because I believe it's divinely inspired. It is so powerful. And let's use that power for good and network and connect. There is a quote by, um, by Jim Rohn. You are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. I want you to remember that. Seek out quality relationships. Now, let me tell you, there have been periods in my life where the five people I spent the most time with were all dead. Jesus, reading his works and about his life, Buddha, I loved studying about Viktor Frankl when I read Man's Search for Meaning over and over and over again, right? So three dead guys, but they were the people I was spending the most time with. It can be mentors that you're, that you're connecting with on Instagram or whose, whose books you're reading or whose podcasts you're listening to. It's also the voice inside your head. Because who do you spend more time with than anyone else? Yourself. If you haven't listened to the episode on the inner critic, I suggest you go straight there after you finish this episode. Because it's time for us to start treating ourselves with more kindness, to start treating ourselves like a treasured friend. It's time for us to be good to us because we deserve it, because our worth is inherent and it's amazing and we need our own support. 
Because if we're sitting here all day, every day, telling ourselves that, we, that we're too fat or we're too old or we're not smart enough or um, we're too smart or we're too much or we're too little or we're too big or we're too small or we're too rich or we're too poor or, or we're unworthy, whatever, whatever, whatever. It doesn't matter what the narrative is specifically. But if that, those are the kinds of messages that we're giving ourselves every day, man, if we're the average of the five people or voices or influences that we spend the most time with, that one sounds pretty awful, and it feels like it would bring the median down pretty significantly, <laughs> right? Okay, and I want to say one more thing about network before we move on. Ask for what you need. If you're struggling, go to the people in your life who love you and say, hey, I'm feeling these feelings of self-doubt. Can I process that with you for a minute? Or say, hey, I just need some encouragement. I'm really struggling here. Ask for what you need. Be a proactive member of that relationship. Don't just expect people to magically know every single thing that you need. A lot of people come to me and say, oh, you're so lucky you have these awesome friends and connections because I talk a lot on social media about some really amazing friends that I have, some, some friendships that I've developed in adulthood that are um, just exquisite. And I am so incredibly blessed and lucky. I know that. But people come to me and they say, I don't have relationships like that. How did you How did you develop those relationships? How did you find people like that? I feel so lonely. And in some circumstances, of course, those are legitimate feelings and fears. But in many circumstances, people aren't really, really seeking out connection. They aren't really, really asking for what they need. There may be people in their lives that want to have that deeper level of connection, that want to show up for one another, that want to have each other's backs, that want that that magical bosom sister, best of friends connection, but they're waiting for permission because it's weird and it's awkward and we tend to be really private and really quiet and we tend to feel a lot of shame about our vulnerabilities. These are all things that I hope we will be working on as we listen to this podcast because connection is a two-way street. Ask for what you need. Instigate a deeper level of connection with the people that you love and then receive it with grace. And then the last part of this networking, and really that's like not the best word, but N, you know, I was having a hard time figuring out what word, admittedly, to use. Network, the last part of this section, is give and receive. It's not just about receiving. It's not just about asking for what you need. It is also about giving, about having the willingness to go to someone that you love and be vulnerable and say, hey, I've noticed that you don't seem as happy lately as usual, or you know, I really think that you are incredibly gifted at X, Y, Z. Shine your light on them. Shine, reflect their light back on them. Show up for each other. Give and receive. And last but not least, E, engage. Decide that you're going to engage with your passion, with your fire, with your purpose. Just decide. Just decide and really engage. And there will be days when it is challenging and there will be times when you're like this is so stupid i like i'm not ever going to be able to reach this dream or i'm not ever going to be able to achieve this goal or i don't really matter like why did i let myself get all fired up about that you're going to go back to that moment when you said to yourself i choose to engage i choose to engage because i believe that i am enough 
I believe that I matter, and I believe that my gifts and my purpose and my calling are needed. Make that decision. Divine, connecting with the divine. Be a doer. Follow your inspiration, your intuition. V, victory. The victory does not belong to you. The victory belongs to the light, to the love, to God. Intelligence. Seek out intelligence. Learn, learn, learn. Leaders, learn. Build a network. And don't discount the importance of you within that network, the way that you speak to yourself and your willingness to reach out and connect with others. And E, engage, engage, engage. Choose it, own it, be it. Now, let me take you back in closing here to that conference room in that hotel in what I think might have been Atlanta, Georgia. It also could have been somewhere totally different. Could have been Tampa, Florida. I really don't remember. But I do remember that beautiful woman. And I remember those eyes brimming with tears. And I remember the sincerity of the connection that I felt with her. And, um, but yes, I sent that girl home with that money. And months later... I received the most beautiful message from her saying that she'd pinned it to her bulletin board and that she looked at it every day and that it reminded her that her worth was inherent. And I hope that for you out there, every time you look at a $20 bill or a $100 bill or a $1 bill, every time you look at a bill, you'll remember that your worth is inherent and it cannot be changed. Your worth is greater than you can even imagine. It is incalculable. And that we all need you to show up and to believe in that worth and to be who it is that you are meant to be in this world and to fulfill your purpose. And your purpose today may be different than it is tomorrow, but it matters. You matter. You matter. You matter. You matter. you for listening to this episode of the show up podcast. I know that there are literally hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. And I just want every single one of you to know that it means the world to me to have you here listening to mine. Now, as I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, as a way to say thank you for investing your time here with me, I want to give every one of you the chance to win something really special. I want to give you the chance to win either a one-hour life or business coaching session with me or an entire month's worth of your choice between life or business coaching with me. I'm going to tell you what you need to do to enter to win in just a second, but first, I need to tell you just how exciting this opportunity actually is. Every single day, I'm turning away dozens of requests for life and business coaching because with the launch of the new podcast, existing clients that I'm working with already, and all these other obligations I have going on, things like speaking and writing, et cetera, I'm just not taking any new clients right now, which is such a bummer because it is work that I love. I just don't have the bandwidth right now. So... If you've been hoping for an opportunity for you and I to collaborate and strategize together over your wonderful business or your magical life, this is your 
chance. And all you've got to do to enter is take a minute or two and leave an honest rating and review of this podcast on iTunes or wherever it is that you listen. I'll choose one lucky listener to win a one-hour life or business strategy session with me, Natalie Norton. But I want to do more than that. I want to bump that prize up to an entire month's worth of personalized one-on-one coaching for your business or your life. And so here is what I propose. Show Up with Natalie Norton currently has approximately 225 reviews on iTunes. Now, if we can bump that number of reviews up, if we can double it by the release of episode number nine, which just to give you some clarity, we are currently on episode seven. That's what you're listening to right now. You've got two full weeks. Episode nine is scheduled to launch on February 26th. And if we can double the number of reviews on iTunes by that date, not only will I give one lucky listener an hour of personalized coaching, but I will select a second winner to receive an entire month's worth of personalized one-on-one coaching with me, life and business coach, Natalie Norton. I imagine that you've got a couple of questions. What if you've already left a review? If you've already left a review, awesome. You're already entered to win. But remember, share, 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 and encourage your people to rate and review as well so that we can bump that review number up and increase our prize. Second, how will I know if I have won this wonderful prize? The winning review will be read aloud on episode 10 of the podcast, which is scheduled to drop on or before March 5th, 2019. So you have until episode nine to enter, and the winner will be announced on episode 10, which is scheduled to go live on or before the 5th of March, 2019. I will also post the winner's review on Instagram. That's at Natalie Norton on or before March 5th. Then the winner will have one week to follow the instructions given on the announcement, either on the podcast or on Instagram, actually both. They'll have one week to follow those instructions and claim their prize. And if the prize isn't claimed in one week's time, a new winner will be chosen and announced the following week. And probably the most important question of all, how do I leave a rating or review? Now, I'm going to make this as simple for you as I possibly can. If you go to my Instagram page at Natalie Norton, N-A-T-A-L-I-E-N-O-R-T-O-N on Instagram, there is a shared story at the top of my feed, right there at the top. It's called Rating and Review, and it will walk you through the rating and review process and make it as simple for you as possible. Then if you still have trouble of any kind, you can direct message me on Instagram or you can email me at natalienorton at gmail.com. Okay, friends, here is total transparency. The fact is that a podcast lives and a podcast dies by its ratings and reviews. Ratings and reviews are how new listeners find out if this is a show for them. It's how the show has the potential to grow in both reach and credibility, and ultimately, it's how I can make sure that I'm able to keep this show alive that I'm able to keep showing up for you for months and for years to come. And in order to do that, 
the honest-to-goodness truth, friends, is that it takes a village. And I cannot tell you how very thankful I am to have you here in mine. So please, as ever, share this podcast with your people. Ask them to rate and review honest ratings and reviews. That's all it is that we need to keep this alive. Good luck to each and every one of you. Let's work hard to reach that grand prize and make sure that we're able to keep on showing up here together for years to come. As always, I love you. Thank you for being here and make it a great day. You make me feel like I I'm Natalie Norton, and you have been listening to the Show Up Podcast. Until next time, my beautiful friend, keep showing up, keep that heart wide open, and as always, remember, your best is always enough.